We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Outside the Trenches with former Chiefs reporter and insider B.J. Kissel, Super Bowl champion and former K-State All-American offensive lineman Nick Leckie, and KCSN producer Tucker Franklin. The latest headlines, stories, and rumors, plus a blind nail segment where nobody knows what's going to happen. The latest Outside the Trenches, presented by Five Farms Irish Cream, a holiday distillery favorite, starts now. Let's go to BJ Kissel. What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? Thanks for tuning in and spending part of your day with us here on this new episode of Outside the Trenches. I'm BJ Kissel, as always, joined by former K-State All-American, uh, two-time Remington finalist for the best center in the country and a Super Bowl champion with the New Orleans Saints back in 2009. Mr. Nick Leckie. Nick, how are we doing today? I'm good. Happy whatever day it is before yeah. Christmas. You always forget what day of the yep. week it is in the, the week leading up to Christmas. But uh, Nick joins us and so does our fearless content manager at KC Sports Network, Mr. Tucker Franklin. We just broke the news for everybody. We talked about it for like last month and a half, but haven't put it out there yet. You got a yeah. promotion, buddy. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's good to manage all this content. We got a lot of content, BJ. We were talking about before. He's, you said something like, we tweet a lot. And I was like, I think it's about 20 tweets a day. And it's all like promoting the content that we have throughout the network. You know, it's National Signing Day when we're recording this. We're going to have a lot of college content coming out. We're going to have all kinds of stuff from the college basketball gearing up. They're about to hit conference schedules. So lots of stuff going on there. Lots of stuff, obviously, on the Chiefs. We're hitting the home stretch of the season, the, getting into playoff time. So lots of good content, lots of good stuff going up. I got to react because, and this is not a college football show, but uh, when the director of recruiting for Kansas football tweets out that the best players in Kansas play at Kansas, that says a K Staters, two K Staters, and a guy who hates K State because he roots for everyone who plays against them in Tucker uh, <laughs> and loses. I took it personally and I. I'm invested, but not at the level that I should be annoyed about something like that. But it did kind of annoy me because Avery Johnson is going to K-State. Uh, but anyway, guys, let's get Nick. I want to get your thoughts on the Chiefs and Texans game. Um, running back, you've been clamoring for you know the running game to get going. It was a running back that made all the plays, uh, but it was basically out of the pass and screen game with Eric McKinnon. What were your thoughts on the, the Chiefs win over the Texans? I liked it. I liked it. It's, it's what I, it's remember we talked about, you know, like, you know, win differently. And, and that's what they did. Like, there's no – I don't believe there was a Kelsey touchdown. Uh, Mahomes had the rare rushing touchdown. 
uh, McKinnon with the walk-off rushing TD yeah. to win the game. And um, it, it, McKinnon got eight, eight passes. Something like eight, that. Yeah, he had 120 passes. yards like second week in a row. He's had 250 so, yards and four touchdowns in two games against bad teams in which somebody had to step up and we didn't lose. Yeah. Like, that's the Jarek McKinnon stretch of the season. I love it. That's what you have to do. Everyone gets their chance to contribute, and you don't know when your number's going to be called that week. And he did yeah. it. You know, him and Pacheco, you know, with the, the, the ground and pound and the, the air and the, the ground attack, it was cool to see. It was really cool to see. And I like the benching. I, I didn't know if it was, it was intentional or not, but I really like the benching just because it shows you that he's grown to be a part of this offense for the Chiefs mm-hmm. and they've expected him to. And usually the Chiefs, you know, they'll, they'll throw wraps someone, they drop it, they go right back to him. But they're like, yep. no, man, you missed a missed a blitz. You fumbled it. We're going to sit you, which means he's held to a higher degree uh, of the Chiefs offense, which is cool to see. Yeah. What'd you get, see? That fumble was super weird when you talk about the Isaiah Pacheco fumble. He had both hands on the ball, and the guy just, like, ran into him and squirted out the bottom. It, like, when I watched it, I was just like, that just doesn't seem right. Until, like, I saw, like, the ninth replay, I never saw the ball get fumbled. <laughs> right, it was only yeah. when they showed it from behind that you saw the ball fall. Every other time they showed a replay, I'm like, where was the fumble? Like, where did the ball go down? I did. And it just, like, it. dropped straight down to it. Like, didn't there wasn't any wild motion. It was just a weird – one, it was a weird game, and that was a weird play. Yeah. Uh, not only you had penalties that were timely in the Texans' favor on, on the defensive side of the ball, uh, just untimely penalties everywhere. Penalties are, are always not good. But just they come in, in the most inopportune times, um, and you still find a way to win. I, I think, BJ, you've talked about this a lot. They had 500 yards of offense. And mm-hmm. we're sitting Quietly. Here, yeah, a, a quiet 500-yard <laughs> game of offense. Patrick Mahomes had a career day for a lot of quarterbacks. I think Matt Miller said that on Monday's KCS and Update. And then we're just like, I've talked about it on every platform I've had this week, talked about it on a pregame that we've recorded for 101 The Fox, that how entitled are we as fans that we had 500 yards of offense, only gave up 223 yards on defense, and yet after the game, and for rightfully so, and because of penalties and turnovers, I understand Mm -hmm. that the score was close. He went into overtime against the bad football team, although biggest takeaway I had from that game is that those guys play for Lovey Smith. Oh, yeah. That the Texans, like those guys played hard for that dude uh, at a time in their season, which you wouldn't really blame them for being pretty lifeless and all those things that just naturally would come up in a season in which guys aren't, they're not playing for anything at that level. A lot of young guys on that team. I talked about with Brett Coleman earlier. Check out that KCSN update. He's like, you have a lot of young guys on that team. They've drafted well. You have a lot of guys from schools and colleges that have always been successful. They're not used to not winning. And again, they're playing hard for their head coach and Lovey Smith. So shout out to them. But yeah, the, the entitlement of it should be easier for the Chiefs just to go out and dominate every week in the NFL. When again, you step back and you look, they're 11 and three tied for the best record. You beat a bad team. Barely. I understand there's issues with the team. But you had 500 yards of offense and only 223 given up on defense. It wasn't as bad as even I felt post game. That was one of the weirdest post game shows we've ever had, Tucker, because I had no idea how to feel. It's like I want to celebrate the division, but man, like we got to get better. Like this is not going to be good enough against a good team. I just don't think they're going to play like that in the playoffs. Vibes were off for sure. Their vibes were not uh, where they should be after a winning game, especially that game going into overtime and the way it went into overtime of just like kind of the inevitability the predictability of how that last drive was going to go that the chiefs were going to get a couple big plays to keep that drive going they were going to get in field goal range and kind of stall out and kind of play for the field goal you could kind of feel that the whole time 
Um, and I think that was kind of frustrating about it as well. There's a lot of stuff going on when it comes to the special teams and what's going on with this team. I think turnovers is a big thing you talk about, too. They're, I think they were minus five in turnover differential in this game. And they've won both games that they've had a minus five turnover differential in this year. Which what is does just, that mean? Is, is that mean they, 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 lost, Mahomes, it, the MVP. they, they lost it more? They, they lost the ball more? Yeah. Yeah, the so they gave the ball away okay. five times, and the other team didn't give the ball away, basically. Right. Yeah, they so. have five more giveaways than they did takeaways. And, like, our ter- turnover di- differential, yeah. I don't know this off the top of my head. I'm sure somebody in the YouTube comments will let us know. Yeah. But, like, we're going to have probably the worst turnover differential of a team that's going to go in potentially as a number one seed, probably in NFL history. Wild. That's crazy. The fact and that they're overcoming, it's they're so bad on turnovers this year. They've given it away. They haven't taken it away enough on defense. but uh, And on yeah. the road. Yeah. Losing the turnover differential and you're and you're yeah. on the road. That's usually an L. That's usually a big L. Looking at the list here, uh, the Chiefs are towards the bottom. They were the minus Saints five. Saints were minus are minus twelve on the year. Um, the Colts are minus. Um, what an ad pop up. They're minus yeah. twelve as well, but the Chiefs are third uh, with I believe minus nine on the season. So, um, it, it's it's certainly it's not. It's hard to say this late in the season that uh, this is just an anomaly, right? If you are are that deep in the turnover margin, um, the Chiefs don't turn don't get turnovers and they turn the ball over. Now their turnovers have been weird, like the Juju fumble on forward progress, but then was reviewed and that one was odd. And they said it was a clear recovery for the Texans, which I don't necessarily agree that there was a clear recovery there because you know Juju had the ball in his hand and he there was a guy on top of him and he let the ball go and was like, okay, I'm probably down now. And then they they said the Texans recovered it. That was weird. Um, obviously, the Pacheco fumble was an odd one, And but there's just like some, some too. It's not like Patrick Mahomes is being careless with the football. I don't think that the Chiefs are being like careless with the football. Um, but it's hard to say that they're not if they're minus nine in turnover differential. It's it's a weird spot to be in. BJ, kind of to your point, like with the postgame show, just a very weird spot to kind of look at this team and be like, yeah, they put up 500 yards of offense. They also turned the ball over five times, and they still won. And it's just like, well, what is what what to believe about this team is just kind of difficult. You just gotta win, but you gotta win differently, right? You always have to win differently. And there's always gonna be those games. You could steamroll everybody the whole season, but there there always be those games that that try that try you as a team. And then that's why I said, you know, right before last week's episode. This is the time of year when, especially playing these opponents, where it's it's tough to get up to. I'm not going to lie to you. A noon game is versus a crappy opponent <laughs> is is tough to get up for. It's it's tough to watch that extra film on Wednesday. It's tough to you know watch extra film on Thursday because like God, these guys are terrible. Cool. Like this is some bad football right here. You're watching right. So let's talk about a, a game on Saturday, uh, a day early uh, at noon uh, against, I would say they're a bad football team. They're playing poorly right now, the, the Seattle Seahawks. As far as win-loss, they've lost four of their last five. Their one win was against the Rams, which is a p- pretty depleted team right now uh, for a team coming back. I think the first team in, since whatever that uh, isn't going to make the playoffs the year after winning the Super Bowl like that. They, they're <laughs> – they're done. Uh, they're very, very done. But all of those games have been within one possession. So they're not getting blown out in these games. And so I very much expect this to be a close game. And the fact that it's going to be like negative windshield, like this is going to be a brutal game to get up for, because at this point, obviously you want to win. You want to, if you don't end up with the one seed, you still want a two seed and all of that. They already won the division. They're going up against an NFC West opponent, an old AFC West opponent from back in the day. For anybody's old enough to remember that, oh, Tucker, wow. you weren't even born yet. Um, Kingdom. So, yeah. So it, 
yeah, let's before we talk about that matchup, Nick, I do want to get your thoughts because Dustin Colquitt opened this up. And Dustin Colquitt, make sure you check out the interview that he did with Jeff Allen and Mike DeVito on one on one. Uh, because Dustin Colquitt had made some headlines this week talking about the the holds and just the that it's not necessarily all Harrison Butker's fault. I'm curious your thoughts. I didn't take it as he was calling out Tommy Townsend as much as he was explaining that it's not all Harrison, that there's other aspects of this that have to be better. And that way, kind of educating fans to be like, look a little bit closer than just quickly blaming everything on a kicker, which I have been guilty of. Everybody has been guilty of um, so far this year, blaming a lot of this on Butker, who hadn't said one word about Tommy Townsend in the holes. If this has been an issue, we haven't heard one peep out of Harrison Butker pointing a finger at anybody else. Just curious your thoughts on specifically what he said and just the idea of a former player, but somebody who's still friends with guys in that locker room, a legend in a Kansas City Chiefs uniform and Dustin Colquitt coming out in, and like I said, just kind of educating us on, hey, there could be some other stuff. There is some other stuff going on here. I think it's cool because I have I, I know a little bit about, about holding just from what I've heard, like when I was playing and, and how you do certain things like that. Uh, but I think that the main thing that he emphasized was that there is angles to the ball and how you hold and, and, and where you put the laces and, you know, outside of, you know, laces out Finkel, uh, you know, uh, but I think, I think it was, it was cool that he put that out there and it's kind of stinks that if you're a young guy, no offense to your boy Tucker, but if you're not listening to a person who literally did your job for like 12, 15 years and has brothers, who've done that job for like 12 years. You're like a, the punting family, right? The, you're like the manning of punting. Uh, so it's like, you gotta listen. And it's like, to see it fall on deaf ears, that's disheartening. You know, it's really disheartening. Cause it's like, you don't know it all, especially as a, as a young, as a, as a newer, as a newer player, you don't know it all. And that's sad, sad to hear. Right. I do think uh, Tommy does have some relationship with the Colquitts prior to uh, even coming to Kansas City. He, he went to Tennessee for, I think, two years before transferring to Florida, and he had met uh, Dustin or I, I can't remember the other the Colquitts. Britain. But, yeah, uh, and they because they're around Tennessee um, all the time. They do camps up there. So I'm, uh, I think they're from Knoxville. So it, it, I think he'd been associated with Dustin a little bit before then. But, yeah, it is something that uh, I know a lot of people have tweeted out clips of all of Harrison Butker's misses and are, like, now di dissecting the <laughs> angle of the ball, where the laces are. It's perfect. It's educating yes. fans. and like, yeah, it's not a problem. The no. only one who crossed the line, when Tommy said, like, we don't listen to people on the outside who don't know what they're talking about. It's like, yeah. whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Just because he said you're a phenomenal punter, but this has not been good, it's okay for somebody to come out and say, this isn't good enough, especially somebody that has done it as long as Dustin Colquitt. I did not take it as disrespectful that something has been going very poorly. Dustin obviously is friends with Harrison Butker. They have a relation. I don't know if he talked to him. I don't know if that's where this is coming from, but the entire city is clamoring down on, on Hus Harrison Butker for months about how bad he's been this year. And if there is truth to Tommy struggling Tommy hasn't stepped up and said a word of it's not on Harrison. Like I need to do a better job with what I've been doing. He didn't say that, but as soon as anybody shine the lights on him, he goes and calls out Dustin Colquitt. It's like, that's a bad look, yeah. especially when your teammate hasn't said a word about you to come out and do it that way. That makes it look even worse in my opinion. And that's where I'm like team Colquitt in that he didn't, wasn't disrespectful about it. He came out and educated fans who needed to know more about what they were talking about. It is. And remember, too, if, if you're kicking a field goal, the offense has failed. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you always always got to re- remember that. Uh, and there's always it's it's a team sport. And surely he didn't do his job, but um, at the same time, it's like I, I'm almost grateful that that you get these out of the way now to to sort of reemphasize how you kick because you never want to have a kicker who's you know gone perfect all year and then misses in the playoffs. You know that's yeah. more pressure, I think, if you're perfect. So the fact he's inconsistent, then it's like okay, maybe you'll get a little bit uh, more gutsier on your fourth down calls, especially in the playoffs, which could be a good thing. Yeah. That was the uh, tinfoil hat conspiracy around why the Chiefs wanted to play for the field goal at the end of the game was to just try to get Harrison Butker right, was to give him a little bit more confidence. as the uh, And that's kind of why they've played for some more field goals than we've seen them play for maybe in years past, just to kind of get his confidence back and, and get uh, that moving. But I do think, you know, you look at some of these clips and the ball is – pulled towards him uh, told, pulled towards Tommy the uh, laces aren't directly out there facing the sideline and and there are some inconsistencies there with the hold and I think I saw somebody even bring up Tommy's positioning behind James Winchester of like because that's usually they're usually not directly right behind and I think that that sometimes throws off a little bit the the long snap is if they are directly behind that you like a little off kilter uh, a little bit um These- and it's, it's, yeah. There's a lot of small things that go into this too. I know James Winchester has it down of how many rotations he can get it to where Tommy can get it and place it down and not really worry after about spinning it. Um, so that's all. It's all very small, minute things that make a big difference. I had a really long conversation with Kendall Gaiman and uh, his name's Jeb Putzier, who spent like eight years in the league. He was a tight end, but he was a backup holder, backup long snapper. And he said it's actually not difficult at all to get the rotations to where you just catch and set the ball down. Um, that part, like that part of it that from fans on the outside might think be more tricky. Like the holder should just catch and set it down and make sure yeah. it's tilted uh, the right way. But as far as like the rotations and all that, it shouldn't be a problem. But I just laugh because if you have been to like a training camp practice or a chief practice, that's all these three guys really like they punt and they do their stuff. And the rest of the time they're just practicing this stuff. So, uh, James Winchester and Tommy, T- if he's not lining up in the same spot every time, they're failing miserably at their jobs. They should absolutely be on the same page. And I also will laugh at the conspiracy theory that Andy Reid's not trying to score touchdowns to set up Harrison Buck. I don't believe that at all. Uh, but that being said, this part of the game and this part of the Chiefs, it obviously has to get better. And again, I don't blame Dustin Colquitt for coming out and starting dialogue for fans to be a little more educated about this particular very niche aspect of the game, but obviously one that nobody had brought this up until Dustin mentioned it, that the laces are off and all these kinds of things. And again, it's just one more thing for fans on the outside to be educated about. And again, if it's all true and there has been a struggle, I have different thoughts on Harrison Butker, not on how he's performing his job, but just as a person to not even allude to anyone else struggling or pointing a finger when he was getting torn apart um, from the media and from all of us talking about how bad he struggled this year. So let's uh, move forward, talk a little bit about the game upcoming. Um, Tucker, I don't know what your blind nil segment is. Somebody raise their hand if their blind nil segment is about the game on Saturday. And then it could be a nice segue. Is anybody's segment about yes. the game? Yes. All right, Nick, let's start with you. Again, this is our blind nil segment. Each one of us is bringing a topic that the other two do not know about. I just wanted to talk a little Chiefs, Chiefs Seahawks. So we wanted to see what we got here. But Nick, what do you got for us? You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. Hey, I got to tell you guys about our friends at liquid death and by now you guys already know that you might see some strange tall boys of beer in the bottled water section of your local stores well 
it's not beer. It's actually mountain spring water from the Alps, and it's called Liquid Death. Why is the water called Liquid Death? Say it with me. It'll brutally murder your thirst. And their infinitely recycled tall boy cans are here helping to bring death to plastic bottles as well. They also donate 10% of their profits from every can sold to kill plastic pollution. I've got the severed lime flavor with me here. I also love the berry flavor. And also, just the straight still water is incredible. I like uh, I like drinking the water out of the can. It makes you feel powerful makes you feel uh, authoritative so here's what you gotta do go to liquiddeath.com slash kcsn to find their store locator tool or you can go get liquid death at your local target walmart or 7-eleven go check them out at liquiddeath.com slash kcsn we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. What, with with the last week's 1-11-1 record, uh, now 1-12-1, um, and then this week playing a seven a seven and seventeen. What are you guys' thoughts on just the win loss record? Like, how do you when you see that? What's your what are your thoughts based off of that? Like, what do you research? What do you do? What, what's the like? Is this a good seven and seven? Is it bad seven and seven? Is it is it is it they've lost by a couple? This that. What are your thoughts on a win loss record? I know it determines seed. I, I look. Playoffs. My first one is. Like when I look at the, everybody talks about like the bad Seahawks team, you look and all their games are within one possession. So mm-hmm. it fits within that margin of error that we always talk about. It's five to seven plays in every NFL game. Uh, that's the difference between a win and a loss. Not that the Chiefs played well against the Texans. Obviously, there were a lot of mistakes that they made. Uh, and that margin is bigger against the team where you're so much more talented than the other team. But we still saw it. You can't turn the ball over twice and have 100 yards and penalties and still not have to make a couple of big plays in that game. Tucker, you were talking about it before not ever feeling like the Chiefs were going to lose. The only time I started to get really nervous is when the Texans had the ball in overtime and it was like kick a field goal, they win. And then my guy Frank Clark made a play because that's what Frank Clark does <laughs> late in the game when he needs to. He does. Indeed. Indeed. But yeah, I, I look at how close are the game. I look at point differential. How close are these games? How competitive are these teams? Because 
I'll never get it out of my head when I was when I started covering the Chiefs for Arrowhead Pride back in the day. Those four years that Scott Pioli and then Todd Haley for what three and a half of them or two and a half of them, however long he was here. Um, those are three of the first worst, three of the four worst seasons in team history in terms of point differential. And I called it, I likened that to this was the least competitive stretch of football in franchise history. The records could be what they are, but they were just getting smoked every week where the games weren't close. So I look at point differential, how close are the games? And then if they're close like that, maybe it's decision-making by the head coach. You say with Brandon Staley, like their record hasn't been great. The games have always been close, but the joke on him before this year was the fourth down decisions and some of the in-game decision-making um, I mean, shoot, look at Jeff Saturday last week, just getting torched and making all kinds of like, it's not as easy as you think on the outside yeah. when you're in the moment to make those decisions. And I think, uh, Jeff Saturday is probably reminded that it is, it is difficult to pay attention to the clock and game management and those kinds of things. Yeah. The Jeff Saturday experience has not been very great. Um, it started off really cool cause they beat the Raiders. Um, and then after that, it just has kind of all gone downhill. And he now named Nick Foles as their starting quarterback. I don't know if you guys saw that. But uh, new starting quarterback in Indiana. Um, but what I look at, too, is is I like to look at the schedule, right, see what team they've played. Um, the Seahawks also finished first in the NFC West last year, so they're playing a first-place schedule. Um, so they're playing teams that were supposed to be uh, also very good teams. And obviously they had Russell Wilson last year, so they had um, a good quarterback and I think Geno's played better than Russell Wilson did last year. So I think that, that they've got the quarterback to put them in. They've been playing a first place schedule. They've been playing these teams really close too. And another thing is injuries. You know, Tyler Lockett broke his hand. He broke a bone in his hand somewhere. So he's probably not going to play. Um, DK Metcalf is a, is a dog, but man, uh, he's got, he's dealing with injuries all the time. Uh, he's in and out of the lineup all the time. As a, as a DK Metcalf fantasy owner, I can tell you that there's a lot of times where I got to pull him in and out of uh, of games. So I, I think that's kind of what I look at is is first the I think the injury report's kind of the one that I look at. If a team that you think going into the game was like, hey, that feels like that feels like this team's better than seven and seven, I'm gonna go check out that injury report and see who's playing, who's not playing, and then I look at the schedule because you know last year they were a first place team. They're playing a first place schedule. They're playing teams that are supposed to be up at that same level as them, and they also had a huge roster renovation in the off season and are still seven and seven, which I think is a big win for the Seahawks. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I like that. I, the reason I asked is just because, uh, you know, with Houston win, people are sort of discounting it. And it's like, just because you're a certain record, I, I don't think it guarantees the outcome of a game. You know, it's, you never know when you're going to get hot. Like, you know, you know, these guys are still playing for next year. And it's just funny to me how like, and I just brought this up because I see you people on Twitter. Like, we should these are very bad you, you people. I see you yeah. you people on Twitter. <laughs> I just, I just, absolutely, you non NFL playing ignorant, minions. No, ignorant, ignorant people. It's like you know we should beat this team. It's like there's no guarantees, man. No matter what your record is, there's no guarantees. And I look at the same thing that you guys do. I look at you know even even uh, how their O lines playing, you know, and who's hurt. And I think it's just it's it's fascinating. The win loss do- doesn't determine the product you see on Saturday or Sunday either at the same time, you know, it doesn't dictate anything on game day. Nick, give chiefs kingdom a break. It's been a hell of a week on social media for chiefs fans. between shit, Dustin Colquitt, ever... between bank robberies from oh super gosh. fans. Like it, it is, it is, so there been a, I don't want to see my screen time this week when my like phone says like, you've been on your phone for tw- 18 hours a day. It's like, <sighs> Pardon my language. We're like, fuck off. There's a lot going on. Right? There's so much content. That's a true super fan, though. (laughs) 
<laughs> Listen, he loves the Chiefs so much that he needed to figure out a way to get to every game and, and wear a wolf suit when he did it. Yeah. Well, that we'll we'll save a special Tucker. You got to take. I do. I just think that's a commentary of how high these prices are in the NFL um, <laughs> and right. how high the prices are that, that you got to be going. It's going to turn into that. a lawsuit against the NFL. <laughs> but anyway, we got sued Gillette Stadium because he slipped and fell uh, a few years I'm ago. Draft, so. Yeah, <laughs> sued the owner. <laughs> right for the top. Unbelievable. And I got to go back to this because I, if you guys have watched The Departed, anybody out there listening or watching this has seen The Departed. Uh, I was talking with Kendall Gaiman about the Dustin Colquitt comments, and he was just kind of like, this stuff should stay in the locker room. And Dustin yeah, knows good. that. He, sh- he shouldn't come out and say anything. I was like, no, I think it's good. And this is where I push back on Kendall. I go, I think it's good for fans to be well-educated to where we don't in the future when there's missed field goals. Now we'll know to look for these types of things. And I think fans should be educated that some way and pardon my language. I got a, a note this week that I swore on the post game show and there were kids around and I've got kids myself. So I'm about to swear, but it reminded me of the line that Mark Wahlberg said, he's like my line on feds. And it's like my basically players lines on fans is shoot them like mushrooms, like feed them shit and keep them in the dark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, don't tell them what's going on. They don't need to know anything that's going on. Treat them like mushrooms, feed them shit, keep them in the dark. It's like, I don't like that, but I I remind me of that line. And that's exactly what I thought of when Kendall's like, we don't have to tell you guys anything. And the education is great though. I I think fans, you know, we're getting smarter on Twitter because I see these, these people, you know, there's some, still some idiots out there. Don't get it twisted. But I I saw people who are analyzing this. I'm like, yeah, that's pretty good analysis, right? Like that's pretty good. You know, I can tell you, you watch the film and you don't just, just look at the box, box stats. Right. And the thing is, it's, and that's probably the conversations that are going on inside that room. It's not like they don't know if the laces are wrong or if the snaps, the rotation, whatever it is, it's their job to get it fixed. And that's what they do. So like this can't continue to be an issue. Right. So if this is still an issue, it's a work ethic conversation, which is a Mm -hmm. whole different story. Um, Maybe why some of the stuff got out there is if it's not getting fixed because of other reasons, who knows? Um, they do, and their job is to freaking fix it. I can tell you right now, everybody's eyes are going to be where those damn lasers are this week. Uh, anytime there's a field goal. So, uh, Tucker, let's move on to your blind no. Nick, that was solid. That was a good one. It was a good one. Uh, mine is not necessarily – it's game adjacent. It's not game related because uh, we talked about it's going to be cold in Kansas City. It's about to get nasty in Kansas City. The winter – winter is coming. Winter is here. <laughs> There's a white raven that just landed in Kansas City. I saw it. Um, it is here. So I'm curious to what you guys, uh, you know, Nick, especially especially you playing in some cold weather, what would you do to keep warm? I know they talked a lot about on Monday Night Football drinking chicken broth or bone broth or yeah. on the sidelines or just, you know, or do you just tough it out? Just- no, I, no, listen, listen, like either wear long sleeves or or wear no sleeves and don't think about it. And then, you know, know those, those bench, the, the white benches are the most glorious things ever. And they got the, the little, little kickback doggy doors. You put your heels in and then mm-hmm. the, like the best, and you were doing that and you got the big stadium coat going over your shoulder pads, uh-huh. but the best is the little helmet heater behind you that mm-hmm. you can have just that. I'd be fine. Cause the worst part about cold games in football is your helmet when it's ice cold and that thing won't, won't flexed it fit over and then you're like guillotining your ears as you put it on and your ears are frosted cold and you're just whatever and it's the most miserable feeling in the world is the way your helmet fits when you're dry and cold and it's just it's just tight so the helmet heater is just it's fantastic so uh but yeah once you play it it's you're you're good you're, you're in it and you're like whatever we're doing it 
unless it's that cold and you're like, that's all you can think about. I, I never knew about those white benches because they're hollow. Yeah. And like, I never knew what the deal was uh, until the, the 2019 season that I was a sideline reporter. So I'd be down there at halftime. There's not enough time for me to like walk up a tunnel and go find somewhere and then come back out. Uh, Cause I run and talk to coach walking into halftime. And so I got like 15 minutes, 20 minutes or whatever, where I'm just like standing out in the cold and all the players are gone. So that's when I can like inch closer to like the sidelines. Like I feel comfortable. I can get a little bit closer uh, over here. Cause I'd always try to like huddle near those warmers. Like even like to the side of them, you can feel a little bit. But I sat, it was in Chicago uh, during that Bears yeah. game that, where he was counting to five or whatever. It was still cold that day. And I sat on the bench for the first time because I saw the propane behind. And I asked, like, the propane tanks are what heat up the the hollow, like, plastic bench things. And then there's, like, hole, there's like little holes all over the place that push the heat through. And then on the backside, it's got those little poles that you set your helmet on to heat the helmets. I don't know exactly what you're talking about because I went and sat down. And I just, like, sat in my – I just, like, rolled back. Like, the eyes rolled back into my head because I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. This is the most amazing thing. And I looked at one of the equipment guys there. It was one of the, the ball boy dudes. uh works for the Chiefs, but was sitting next to me. And he was just like, how amazing is this? And I was like, I never knew that this was like this. So then every cold weather game, as soon as I went into halftime, I ran over and sat on the bench. And a couple of times I was like, my eyes were closed and I was just so comfortable. And then the players come out like Coach Heck walks by. I was like, oh my God, I got to get out of here. I'm going to get fired. <laughs> get me out of here. Uh, but yeah, those things, absolutely amazing. Uh, completely get that. Looking at the weather report right now, uh, uh, this is from the National Weather Service. I don't mess around. I go right to the source. <laughs> right to the source. Uh, <laughs> mostly sunny and cold with a high near 13 on Saturday. Saturday night, partly cloudy with a low around 5 degrees. That's not counting the wind chill. Um, uh, Nick, 13? Nick yeah. did you ever see guys? I've, I, I think I saw it to the Chiefs. At least I know I talked to the equipment guy about it because I would see guys like spraying stuff on their arms. And it was hairspray. And it would like somehow it like would keep it would like create a layer to keep you a little bit warm it wasn't like really warm but did you ever hear guys doing that no man no i, I it's mean, two I, weeks I, in a row last week i said sand in the pants and you looked like you'd never heard that phrase in your life and now it's the hairspray but i would see guys like spraying hairspray it wasn't like a competitive like aquanet, thing to like, like aquanet like like the like the like the 50 ounce thing aquanet you just like just like that or? i was told it was hairspray <laughs> maybe they were just messing with me no it could they're be just making like a joke but like it, like it coating it could be like a liquid coating like a like a like a flexible coating yeah be. like if you've ever sprayed hairspray on like your arm it creates uh, like this little thing so it made sense afterwards as just like a little thing that you can do to make it better but it was only the offensive lineman that would do it because huh. their arms were always exposed that that's a that's a fine if you either either wear sleeves or don't wear that's sleeves. a fine that's totally a fine that's 100 percent a fine if if i caught somebody on the o-line spraying hairspray on their arms that's a fine that's 100 percent a fine absolutely no way right. not no line room i know All that right. uh i'm gonna hey, ask jeff allen next time i talk to him out. i'm gonna ask jeff allen because he would have been on ask that him. team that was one of the ask middle him. years He'd probably know right. about that. Exactly. No, I don't think so. No, it's well, and guys can wear those. Somebody suits, was messing right? with me years later and I'm still talking about it now. Probably like, you're an idiot. Right? That's not That's what, what it was. <laughs> That's what it was. It's liquid portal. <laughs> That'd be good. With my shot from before the game. <laughs> like we can't tell him what it is. We don't know about this stuff. Just tell him it's hairspray. That's a all good right. point. I'm so hopped up on Tordal and anti-inflammatory that I probably couldn't feel cold. So it's all good. <laughs> I miss that feeling. I miss the feeling of you get a, a Tordal injection before the games and I get in my right buttocks like, like uh, Forrest Gump. And I, I lean, I pull my pants on a little bit. I lean on my left leg and they'd inject it and you could feel it go in. I go, oh, 
and it lasts a lot Tuesday. It was so good. I like it all. Tuesday. And then and then and then I found out it's like bad for your liver. And I'm like, oh great, I only like how many games are playing? Like, okay, I only had hundreds of shots. So no yeah. It's gonna be the 20 years from now would be the conversation that we're having. Class action um, lawsuit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You need to sit down with uh, with Jeff funny. Allen and Mike Davido. They talk about that. They had an episode where they just talked about how much drugs they took before each game, and oh, yeah. just like talked about that. They just like load you up. Oh, well, I took drugs after the game too. Um, oh yeah. Uh, I remember like asking the doctor, like, "Hey, can I get like two somas and a flexural?" Or no, like night before. Night before, I take a flexural. I think it's a muscle relaxer and an Ambien, so I could sleep. And then, um, by the way, Ambien is a great drug, and I see why people get addicted to it because you can take it, and you know, within five to seven minutes, you are going to be out, like a. Light. Or you're not, and then it get, things get really weird. Well, but don't. We'll, yeah. Don't try <laughs> to stay up. It. You can't force it. Don't. Right. Don't try. Let it happen. I was talking and about. Then, yeah. Yeah. I had a conversation about Ambien the other day because uh, I remember how the conversation came up, but. It, was going over to well I do but it's not the <laughs> conversation but no we went when we played in London against the Lions like in like 2015 Got I'll me. never forget like Herbie Topi wrote an article about the way that you treat your body on like a cross country flight where some people try to go to bed early and do all that and he said that he talked to like a sleep expert he said treat your body like a computer and you want it to crash so when you wake up it reboots so you stay up as like normal stay up as late as you can fall asleep and then when you wake up your body will be ready to go so my idiot ass like stayed up as late as I possibly could. And then I was like, oh, I'm about to fall asleep. And then I pop an ambient, not knowing it was an hour before we landed. And then we land in London and I'm walking through the airport an hour into an ambient. Like just, I don't remember any of this. All I know is that I got destroyed on social media when I checked it like four hours later because the NFL UK were taking pictures of everybody getting off the plane. They took a picture of Alex Smith and I'm in the background just like, uh, just walking, carrying all my stuff. I was like, what the hell is wrong with this guy? And all I can respond with is it's a long story. I'm I'm an idiot. But it was because I had taken an ambient an hour before the flight an landed. An hour before? I mean, that's I didn't know it was an hour before. I was trying to stay up. Or you taking you take off. That's like well then we landed and it was like 10 o'clock in the morning, whatever time it was. The Royals were playing in the World Series. So it's like I'm trying to like fight to stay up to watch the Royals game. On an ambient? <laughs> yeah. Amateur. <laughs> that's, that's a straight <laughs> amateur move. All right. This show is going up. This is it's a very typical outside the trenches yeah. for anybody who's listening. All right. Has everybody got their takes out on Tucker's question? We can go to the final blind nail segment. You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. I just wanted to throw out there, uh, Matt Castle said he wore a scuba suit and he got that from Tom Brady. I think who got that from Derek no, Drew Thomas? Derek Drew Bledsoe. Uh, from Drew Bledsoe, yeah. So it's like uh, that, that. The whole quarterback tree wore uh, scuba suits. So yeah. Well, that's what Baker. I saw what or someone was wearing. Uh, was it Baker Mayfield? Could have been. Uh, well, he was wearing that like scuba suit with like the the no sleeves. If you have that, you're fine. If your core is fine, you're all good. Your arms yeah. will freeze. You'll be just fine. You see hairspray. <laughs> or not. It, it's cool. You like, if you're a aren't Chiefs you fans going out to Arrowhead, at least one per first of all, you're earning your fan card. If, again, we talk about it going out to a game on Saturday. So will somebody please at least try like maybe the day before if you're going out to the game on like Friday, spray your arms down with some hairspray, go outside, see if it makes any bit put one arm in hairspray and the other not have like a placebo like variables here and walk out and tell me if you notice a difference. And you're like, no, I'm just freaking sticky and i blame you for it like, and flammable and flammable let's not Ooh. forget it's fun. To I, as a kid, I used to light 
hairspray. How many guys What's, did you see burn their coats on the sidelines standing next to those heaters because they can't tell that they're on fire? Oh, yeah. You love it. It's, it creates more warmth. It's a straight-up open flame, isn't it? Those propane heaters are just straight It's up. a jet. It's like a jet engine. It looks like a jet engine, and it produces that much heat. Yeah. It's like afterburners. Wow. Yeah, it's it's awesome. It's they're the greatest invention ever. All right. I got my Santa hat on now because my blind nail segment, if you could – what's the best present that the Chiefs could get this year that happens on the field? Okay. okay. Christmas related. What's the best on field Christmas gift that the chiefs could get as they finish up the regular season and go into the playoffs? Like an airdrop? Like, is that what you're talking about? I'm not going to give any more like details than that. Cause we can go wherever we want with these answers. Um, I know what mine is. And if you guys want a time to think about it a little bit, I can go first. Ask the question nodding. again. Ask the question again. Best. Christmas what's the best present? Christmas present that the chiefs could receive? And again, on the field stuff. I'm going to go, and it's next little next level. If the best present the Chiefs could receive is a healthy Kadarius Tony for the rest of the season. I was thinking that. Well, him or something else. Him or McColl. Don't uh, think out loud. Don't brainstorm out loud your answer. I'll give the rest of, of my thought process. I'm terrified of Kadarius Tony playing in this game. Also. I know he's getting back to healthy. His hamstrings have been an issue. It's going to be cold. So unless Alan Wright, the chief's equipment director, has figured out a way to have battery-operated hamstring warmers that he can wear during the game, which I'm sure somebody's invented somewhere with a little battery on him. I don't know if that's legal. I don't want this guy pulling a hamstring trying to play against the bad Seattle team. I know all the games are going to be cold. I know all those things everybody's thinking. I don't care. I don't want him getting hurt in a game like this. So the best Christmas present the Chiefs could receive in me in my opinion, is a healthy Kadarius Tony uh, throughout the, the final stretch of the regular season and the end of the playoffs. I don't think we have properly uh, seen the impact that he can make because he's been banged up and he's dealing with all that stuff. Getting him involved in the game plan with that skill set is different than anything else the Chiefs have on offense. And I think there's a lot that uh, a lot of big plays that he is going to make if he's healthy that we are probably not giving enough credit to right now as you talk about what this offense and what this team could do in the playoffs. Yeah. I, I like that. I like that a lot. And, and I think I, I, I'm with you where, where I almost feel in the same exact same vein, same concept as getting McColl back. But at the same time, getting enough production from wide receivers and then, you know, the added bonus of getting running back production in wide receiver yards takes the pressure off of anybody who's slightly banged up to not rush it because the worst thing you can do, but every player wants to do it because you want to get back out there. You don't want to get Wally pipped is get back on the field. So you rush it. So the fact that the chiefs are winning, there's no pressure from the coaching staff to say, Hey, McColl, uh, could, could, uh, get, get healthier or get healthy, rush, rush your, your, your thing. So they can take their time. So the best gift, and this is stupid as hell, but just to keep winning. So you don't get that pressure to say, Hey, we need you now. We need to rush your, we need to compress your timetable to now. So that's the best gift is just, and, and it sounds stupid, but if you lose, then it's like, shit, now McColl's got to come back right now. Now, Kader, now Mr. Tony's got to come back um, off of rehab where maybe they're not a hundred percent, maybe they're 80% and then you're screwed during playoffs. Cause then you're going to get yeah. into a certain spot. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, when I was thinking about it, we all offense was my first reaction um, when I talk about uh, when I think about this, I, the first thing that came to my head was uh, in, a, a reliable MVS uh, catches the balls that he should catch. 
Um, and if he does that, man, I think that the, the Chiefs are, are in good position on the offensive side of the ball because he always makes those outlandish catches that he probably shouldn't catch. But then it's the ones where he's like moving to his right that he double catches and kind of bobbles a little bit that it's uh, up in the air. But I think in the secondary, I want some turnovers. So I want some ball hawking. I, w- I want to see some I want to see some of these corners get get after it and get get some uh, get some turnovers, get some interceptions. Uh a lot of the interceptions, right, are, are time and place, and, and it comes with all of that stuff. But um, I'd like to see the Chiefs get more turnovers, um, turn the ball over a little bit more uh, on the defensive side of the ball. And maybe, you know, uh, if if the Chiefs offense doesn't turn the ball over very often and it doesn't put the other offense in opportune situations to score, it won't look the deep make the defense look as bad. I think we talk about the defense a lot is like, oh, these past two weeks have been really bad, but the Chiefs have given them short fields numerous times against the both the Broncos and the uh, the, the Texans. So kind of hard to judge fully the defense when they're uh, playing with the short end of the stick. But I, I want to see a little bit more turnovers. I think that would be a great gift for the Chiefs. Good like stuff. Willie Gay, Willie Gay turnover. That's Ooh. epic. That was a really good That was a boss play. All right, we appreciate everybody for hanging out. Please let us know in the comment section or on social media what you think the best Christmas present the Chiefs uh, could receive. And I'll tell you what. You hit us up on social media by telling us what the best present is by linking to this episode on either YouTube or Apple podcast. I will send three of you the oh. best present you could receive, which oh. is a KCSN hoodie. Thanks to our friends at Charlie hustle. I will ship that out to you right after, right after Christmas. Cause you're not going to get, if I ship it the day before that just asking to get lost. But uh, yeah, first three people, three people with the best uh, Christmas presents that the chiefs could receive. Uh, we will pick those out. I will contact you via DM and uh, send you a hoodie of your size. Thanks to our friends over at Charlie Hustle. We appreciate everybody for hanging out. Who am I going to surprise? Who's going to take us home? Who's going to take us? Nick, you take us home on this episode. Again, we appreciate all you for hanging out, listening. We'll have more content getting you ready for Chiefs and Seahawks before Saturday. These hoodies are so legit. BJ, show them the depth of the actual hood. Like I think you could wear a helmet you could wear a, a football helmet underneath it. Look, it goes right over his his uh, Santa hat with plenty of room. So head, headphones, you could wear over-the-ear headphones in there and be covered. Um, I, I think it's one of the low-key advantages and the long white draw, drawstrings of the hoodie. I know I'm selling this hoodie right now, but it's really is a phenomenal hoodie. It's great hoodie. Very, really very biased. Very biased, but it is the most comfortable hoodie that I own. I'm going to wear it every day anyway because I have freaking 100 of them. But it is, I have like four because I stopped doing laundry and I grabbed one. Feels like you don't know. You don't know. It's not the same one, everybody. If you see me wearing it, it's like, oh, he wears a lot of dirty hoodies. No. You're like Steve Jobs. I got a nice rotation. I got a nice rotation of the same like five hoodies that I wear every day. I wear the same dirty hoodie every day. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I'll get you another one, Tuck. Yeah. Get you another one. No, but I, I think I think uh, as you watch the Seahawks game on, on Saturday, uh, you know, another noon game on a Saturday. So that's a weird time uh, on a short week. Uh, expect there to be some rust. You know, you're at home. It's really tough for this team to be to be play all these games versus high profile opponents. And then you play a team that's seven and seven. So expect some sloppiness, you know, expect or, or you know, that this could be kind of a, you don't want to give away too much to your preseason or your post or your postseason opponents. Uh, but you want to get a W because you're chasing that home field advantage. So it's like this would be a, a good game to watch. And same concept, man. Win differently. Put stuff that, on tape. Mm. That's all we got. Hope you all have a fantastic 
holiday break. Merry Christmas to everybody. Hope you spend time uh, with your loved ones. Tell them how you feel. Um, yeah, appreciate it. We love you all. We appreciate all the support for KC Sports Network, and we will see you all after this game, after Christmas. See you. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN. Covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current. Plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou. By searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.